It's Tempo Waffle Time! Welcome to Tiffle Waffle with Truffle and Stoffel. Today we're going to talk about tests and is testing. This t- is this a test? <laughs> no. Uh, it could be. So, I am going to talk about the difference between summative and formative tests. Oh, okay. So, the tests that are useless and the tests that aren't. Choice is boldly and declaratively. Boldly and declaratively. Uh, so, uh, summative tests are. A summary. Of what the students have learned. Actually, no, they're not. They're a summary of what the students remember. Right. And for that reason, you're right. They're useless because basically it's not really telling you a lot. Well, that's not necessarily true. The way that most tests are formatted are as memory tests. Uh, They're not proficiency tests. How much can you or can't you do? They're... Do you remember the difference between uh, I don't mind it and I can't imagine it? which are linguistically the same, but in meaning are very different. Wow, okay. That was a great example. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote it and put it on a test about two weeks ago. Wow. Um, Yeah, I mean, the the thing about summative tests is it's supposed to be the end of a sequence. Oh, no, not necessarily. It can be pre and post. It can be progress. It can be whatever. But the whole thing is that it's a can you... Do you know or can you remember? Do you know this already? Or do you remember that we learnt it? Well, can do you know this already? And can do you know this already? Should be a placement test, uh, or a pre-test. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, a summative test is I've taught units five, six, seven, eight, and nine, and I'm yeah. going to give a test at the end of them, and that's the score for how successful you've been at learning the stuff I've taught you. Yeah. Which is the basis of end of year exams and end almost of, every test. And yeah. they're really useful because. The school needs a score to give to the parents. <laughs> <laughs> I, I argue with your definition or use of the word useful there. <laughs> they're, real, they're not really useful. They're just, uh, what's the whole thing that, how do you measure the quality of education? I know, let's make up an arbitrary way by giving them memory tests. I mean, it doesn't have to be a memory test. Okay, so for language, the problem I have with summative tests is how do you actually test language? I mean, this is a, a yeah. crucial question. Uh, I'm going to teach the past tense, and now I'm going to give a test on the past tense, change these verbs into the past tense form. Which is um, not... Which is not language. I mean, that's... Nothing to do with it. It's, have you memorized, eaten, eaten, or not? Yes. Yeah. Right. And um, that doesn't really test whether the students can actually use the past tense. Or know when to use it or why to use it or how to use it or when not to use it or etc. So from a language language perspective, summative tests are are, are fairly useless, as you said earlier. I think also we're kind of mixing up test formatting with the difference between summative and formative. The the fact is that most tests are formatted in a way where it's... uh, which of these sentences should be in present perfect? And sometimes they're so badly designed that if you don't know what present perfect means, you can't do it. Yeah. Sometimes rather than, okay, here are two sentences. Uh, I blank on holiday last year, or I blank on holiday to Rome. And one should be, I went on holiday last year, and the other should be, I've been, been on a holiday to Rome. Yeah. Um... A lot of the tests that I've seen 
given to particularly high school students, uh, a multiple choice. Yeah, um, fill in the blank. Fill in the blank, yeah. And um, that means that they're... Oh, oh sentence correction. Yeah. Sentence correction is... The sentence correction stuff is actually quite useful. Here's a paragraph with lots of mistakes in them. Fix the mistakes or identify... Uh, yeah. Sure. That's testing to a certain extent whether the student knows or can use English. Or is familiar with uh, grammar form. Because it's not testing if they know what it means at all. Well, in the example that you've just given, I, I blank to Rum yeah. uh, last week. That, yeah. That's form and use tested. I'd say it's only form. Have you memorised that? No, if but I mean, you, you need if to If you're know... referencing a specific time, you must use past simple. What is past simple? Well, it uses the past form of the verb. Yeah, all right. Okay. Right, I could do that without knowing what the sentence meant. Yeah. Okay. Oh, look, time calls. Mm, fair enough. Okay. So, now, the, there's lots of holes then in summative testing. Um, and test formatting, yes. I, I still say, from an administrative perspective, it serves a purpose. Yes, it, fills it up serves the purpose of admin. It doesn't serve serves the purpose of education. Uh, yeah. Um, do Does administration serve an educational purpose at all? Um, I have seen an argument for it that it's pretty decent, which is um, tests can serve as feedback and motivators for students. Oh, I got a 90. I'm doing great. Oh, I got a 40. I, I better work hard. Or, oh, I got a 40. I suck at this. I'm not going to bother. Okay. All right. I agree with that. But that could that could be argued in the for formative tests as well. Certainly. Okay, so let's move on to formative testing then. Okay, okay um, so if anyone's guessed, I'm not a big fan of tests, summative in particular. I'm not a big test fan either, actually. Maybe this is a very un- very biased but, podcast yeah. episode. Um, I'd really rather not test language. Um, okay, f- formative testing is we're busy doing something. Let's do something with this thing that we're learning, and I'll give you a score as you're doing it. And will this score count towards a final counts. grade or mark? Or yes, it counts. It will? Yes. Okay. But um, it's designed so that it also gives you feedback about what you've learned and what you haven't learned so you can focus more on what you need to learn. Okay, so let's just say that we're doing a unit on... Um, um, choose a topic. Past tense? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, past tense. All right. So we're going to make a ghost story. Oh, okay. Okay. So as we... As we build the ghost story, I'm going to give you a score for your effort as you go. Okay, so we're going to design... So what, do you participate in the group work, pair work? Okay, well, that's where things start getting tricky. How do I give the scores? Um, so what what we need to do is get into groups and decide on our characters and our location. And, and then each individual goes away and, and fills in the decision that they've made about what... And they get a score on task engagement based on how much Well, you can give them a score on task engagement, or you can give them a score on, on the accuracy of how they filled in the form about their characters. Or the or use of English, how much they spoke mother tongue and how much they... Yeah, okay, so you can give a score for filling in the sheet, or you can walk around and give them a score for their speaking. Or at the end, well, at both, and at the end you can give them a score for the enactment of their ghost story and you can give them a score for the pronunciation of, of, you know, you can give them a whole bunch of little weenie tasks as you're going through this 
process. And that gives you five different scores. Isn't this getting into the issue that, I mean, why... Even though I firmly believe in things like task-based learning or or all the variations thereof, whatever the the current in vogue acronym is, cribbles, where uh, I'm going to teach the students how to make a chocolate cake and the process of making a chocolate cake will mean that the students have to draw on verbs used in cooking and nouns used for cooking implements and ingredients and, and imperatives and yada yada. And at the end of that, I'm going to test how good the cake is? No, no, no. Well, <laughs> yes and no, no. I mean, the, the cake itself is is just the crutch with which you're going to assess whatever it is that you're assessing. So yep. in, in that case, you need to do an assessment on imperatives. You need to do an assessment on classroom uh, uh, kitchen gadgets. Okay. You need to do a test on verb forms to do with cooking, stir, okay. whip steam bake yeah um, so there you've got three different language based areas that areas I that I can attest as the yeah that you're testing as you're going through this this task um, so the cake at the end I mean they eat it and they can score each other's cakes and but then I would say if you're going to eat each other's cakes <laughs> <laughs> not a euphemism <laughs> then they can do a, then they can do a um, so they choose somebody's cake and write a review on it and then you can Oh, it's just the review. It's just the as review well. of the cake. So the cake, the cake, and the eating of the cake is just part of the um, of the fun. Okay, so we can have our cake and eat it too, yes. and assess them, and assess them on their cake eating skills. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so right. that that's summative, that's formative assessment. The way I understand it, anyway, and that gives you a lot more because you can evaluate the language. Yeah. You can evaluate the usage. The students are learning as they're going. The scores give them feedback on how well they're doing. So there's that motivation yeah. thing. Uh, there you are. I've, I've done it. Okay, so um, I, I'm a teacher and I'm in a school. Uh, and I'm going to now say the things that I completely disagree with. But okay. um, my head teacher said that all of the uh, M4 teachers need to collect 30 points before the midterm and then the midterm test will be worth 20 points right uh now if i've got three m3 classes and you've got four m3 classes and both of us have to collect 30 points yes and at the end of it uh soccer peep (laughs) says to says to soccer peep oh what, you mean well, Soccer Beep's talking to his sister or something? Yeah, okay. and his sister's in your class. Okay. Oh, so we've got two kids in, in... And I've done a whole bunch of tasks, and you've done a whole bunch of little um, summative quizzes. Yeah. Yes, that's a problem. Um, you're a teacher that believes in summative, or, or you couldn't be bothered to do formative evaluations as you're going. And I, and or I say, dude, I've got 21 classes this term, and each class has 35 students in it. And trying to collect marks while they're doing their thing means that I have to memorize everybody's name so that I know whose score that I'm writing down while they're doing it. What? How logistically does this work? Yeah, so that's a, that's a problem. That <laughs> actually is a problem. Um, and formative evaluation, as nice as it sounds, is is barbed with problems like that. Yeah. You have to know your students. You've got to have time because for, formative evaluation takes longer than... I mean, a, a quick... 15-minute 
pop quiz will give me a score, a summative yes. score. Yeah. And it takes it's easier to grade. It's easier to grade. It's easier to implement. It's not going to eat up three lessons. Yeah. Um, I mean, the but flip. It's boring. The flip side, though, can be that. So for like, let me think of a real one that I've done. Oh, okay. So the students uh, designed a package holiday tour, and they had to present it to the class. And while they were presenting it to the class, the other groups were filling in forms about each other, each group's package holiday tour. Right. Where is it? Uh, what are the activities? Where do you sleep? What's the transport? Yada, yada. Okay. So I collected, I did collect a, in a way, a formative score. But it wasn't really, it was, did you pay attention to other people's presentations okay. or not? So I could argue that technically it's a listening score. Right. Uh, but really, it was a participation score. Are you being attentive? Yeah, okay. Uh, but then I also col- I rated the students who were presenting. Right. And their ratings were on... Um, there's a pronunciation aspect. There was a pronunciation... Oh, a, co- a content. How many things did they include? Yeah. Uh, and there was something else that I've forgotten... But the point was... That who rated them on that? I rated them on oh, that. Right, okay. The point of that was, that, though, that at the end of that lesson, I'd collected my 30 points... In one lesson. ...from all of the student presenting. Right. And the only thing I had to mark was the things that they'd... Filled in. The, filled the in while listening. So actually it saved me time. Yeah, and there's it, another way... It cost me class time. Right. But there's, it saved me... There's another time. way, actually, that you can save time, too, because you can get the students to grade each other. So one group grades the other group. And I've done this a couple of times, and I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to use these scores. Let me just use them as a way of keeping the students engaged. But when I got the forms back, they had actually graded one another. They weren't all just five, five, five perfect scores, and, oh, I don't like that group, one, one, one. Um, they, had, they had tried. But obviously you set up some sort of rubric There was a rubric, yes, class. yes. And it was a tick box rubric. So did they, did they talk about those tick, yes or no? And okay. then at the end, count your ticks and that's your score. Okay. Um, and the other one I got them to do, and the same thing, I got them to then self-evaluate. So you've done your presentation. How did you think you did? Um, and they were strict with themselves. They were more... What, what age group are we talking about? 15, 16-year-olds. Okay. <clears throat> and um, they, were, they were pretty hard on them so that they, they gave themselves lower scores than I gave them okay. so so that meant that I had my score their self-evaluation and and a, a collection of their peers evaluating them and that gave me three but I didn't use them all but that, that potentially gave me three scores from one activity yeah so there you go it doesn't doesn't seem so bad after all. And it can save you admin work. Well, and the other thing, of course, is the students love it. When you give them a, a, a creativity project like that, it doesn't feel like a test. It doesn't feel, they, they really sink their teeth into it and they love it. And um, if it's something that they're interested in, then... Hopefully they're interested. They're, they're learning. Well, they're learning, yeah. Okay, now, uh, there is the aspect of this where the whole point of formative tests are it's supposed to be informative, Right? Ooh, nice one. Informative, I love it. Okay. Uh, So Troy's the man. Yeah, I should be an English teacher with that kind of wordplay. Okay, well, that's true. I mean, it's informing the students' feet on their learning. And hopefully you you. as well. It's informing the teacher about what you need to recover. Okay, so I I give the students a test, and I realised that 
Um, so I'm just uh, I'm writing them on the pronunciation of a thing that we've studied, and I walk around and I write them. I've done something weird and creative, like they've all had to make a hat with their name on it, so I can I can manage that whole I can't remember who you are thing. Okay. Right. Great idea. Yeah, I should use that one. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I haven't used that one. Um, yeah, actually, that is a good. I've got a whole like lesson going on in my head right now, where they have to get use imperatives to make an origami hat, and then yeah, okay. Anyway, we've made hats. Okay. Um, and then I'm collecting the grades during class, and I realise that they can't do it. Like m- using my rubric. My scores are between 3 and 6.5 okay. out of 10, because arbitrarily I've decided out of 10. Right. Do I use this grade that I've just spent all this time collecting, or do I simply give the grade back to the students and then teach, go, well, obviously they can't do it, so then I teach them the thing that they couldn't do, and then I find another way to, to redo them. that thing and, and assess them. Or was your grading too strict based on... I mean, if they've all got done that badly, is that a reflection on your incompetence as a teacher to convey what it is that you've done? Or are or you grading them on a... convey my rubric to them, what yeah, I'm looking for. Yeah, your rubric was too strict. Or, I mean, the other way is to just say, OK, well, if that was my score, what was it, three and a half to six? Yeah. Um just move everybody up two spots and uh, okay so that's where I wanted to lead you into thank you for following my little garden path okay I've moved everybody up two spots good but I've got five classes of of that year level all studying the same curriculum and that group got seven to nine using exactly the same test okay so the question now is are we using criterion referenced or norm referenced evaluation criteria so norm referenced means we're evaluation, evaluating students according to the norm of their peers of, of the, or of the, of the world. population, I suppose. Okay. Yeah, okay. So uh, let's say that one of them was uh, correct word stress in multi syllable words. I don't know how I devised this part of the test, but anyway, <laughs> it's in my rubric, all right? That's one of the things I have to do. And I've got five classes and I get such a, you know, I get classes who are getting ones to fours and classes who are getting threes to sixes. But I've also got two of my five classes who are getting seven, eight, nine, and I've got six students in each class okay, who are getting right. ten. Okay, so this is criterion. You've got this, you've got this thing that they've yep. got to do well on, or, and then you get a score. And that's the grade. That's a criterion reference. So you're just using the success on that thing to yep. grade them. Norm referencing would be, okay, so in my class... They all got three, so that number is the norm. Yes. For that class. For that class. Right. So so then, five, is top score because that's the top scoring person in. So it's not out of ten anymore. It's, it's nine out of five. It's nine out of five. And the guy next door who got nine out of ten. Well, that's the norm for that class. But they're both in the same grade, using the same curriculum, and at the end of the year, yeah, their grades are going to dictate who goes into which class for next year. Ah. So next year, because you got four out of five, which I made which I made into eight point five out of ten. Yeah. And that guy who got nine out of ten really And that's when Soccer Pierre same... goes to his mother and says, I did better than Soccer, but she got a better 
grade than I did. And because she's in the stupid class or whatever. But then Sokka comes back and goes, uh, my parents are angry at me because last year I was getting eights. And this year, because I'm in that group, I'm getting threes. Mm. Because the gnome is eight in that group. Right. So in actual fact, then we need a... If, if that's the case, then we need criterion referenced. Okay. Um, but then that's still unfair because the weak class is weak because yeah. they're weak, not yeah. because... So you can't fail them all. I mean, this this concept that... This is my whole problem with the... With testing. Well, I mean, the thing testing. is that, that you... The, the norm, normalization of failure, like everybody has to fail or anybody below this grade level is a failure well that's rubbish because yeah. it's language um, you can't and we'll fail, fail. well yeah. we all fail at language I mean I, I fail at English all the time yeah um, and that's the language I speak <laughs> yeah, and it's also it's I mean language largely we try to make this very we, we try to make it sub, less objective more objective I'm going to measure this and that's area. what the students want, and that's what the school wants, and the yes. parents want, and that's where the problem comes in, yeah. because they think that a number has meaning. Yeah, but how I mean, how do you grade somebody? Let's say that uh, the class rather we, they've got a, uh, a horticulture subject, yeah, and they have to grow plants, yeah, and some screw some, some screw rules, some students. Have a green finger. Yeah. Thumb. Yes. <laughs> yeah. See, I told you I failed with English. <laughs> they have a green... So one guy gets big, plump, luscious tomatoes that are juicy and sweet. Mm. And the other guy got his tomatoes to be plump, and but they were sour. Yeah, and but the my, my tomatoes tiny... died. And that's... Yeah, your tomatoes died. Another guy got tiny tomatoes, but they were sweet. And the other guy... So the question is, who failed? But uh, uh, the, the, the other question is... This, to me, is language testing. Yeah, and the, the, the fact that my tomatoes died, that doesn't matter. I still tried. And, and I, you went through the process of and learning how to grow tomatoes. Yeah, and I'm so motivated now by tomato growing. I'm going to spend the rest of my life pursuing this. I mean, the thing is that that's not a failure, potentially. Um, so? So, um, yes, testing is just a waste of time. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the secret. When when I'm in when I'm asked for scores, I usually take it very with a pinch of saltish. Yeah, I, saltly. Um, I I don't take them very seriously, and I try my best not to fail students. I, I, I uh, yes, I I try my best to make sure that students pass. I I don't believe. I know that it's a common thing, but I don't believe in that. Every stu- no one can fail, but I actually do believe in that everyone can pass. That sounds so stupid. <laughs> what I mean is, I don't think there should... Oh, no one's allowed to fail. Because, I'm sorry, if that guy was absent 9 out of 10 lessons and I can't collect any grades, I can't give him a pass. You can't give him a pass, but that's not necessarily failing. Um, I mean, yeah, that's, 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 that's a referred or come back to study exactly, some more. Exactly, yes. And, and that's what I believe in. Come to class, dude, or something the, like. No, you haven't, you haven't failed. You just, at this point, haven't fulfilled the minimum requirements. Right. And I, I have this attitude towards everything, not just English. I mean, when I'm training teachers, if a teacher fails the course, that's... They haven't failed the course. Yeah, that, I mean, that's more a reflection yeah. on the fact that I haven't trained him properly. Or, I mean, they only got two shots at trying to figure out how to teach grammar, and they learned so much from teaching it badly 
but, exactly. Yeah, but right. at this point, they haven't figured out how to teach it well. Yeah, and I mean, they figured if, out all the what nots to do. If I think about my first year of teaching, my <laughs> entire first year was a failure. I mean, but but you know, the fact that you stick, it, yeah, I can't stick it out. Stick, stick it to out. it. Sticks. Yeah. Stick it up. The, <laughs> stick up <laughs> with got, it. I've got that. Stick up for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then th- th- that's that's not a failure. That's a success. Okay. Um, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good. I and wish we didn't have to test. Uh, yeah, I think testing is a waste of time. I'm okay with um, pulling students off the side and say, I- I'm giving you a test, but that score meaning nothing. I actually don't mind doing that. I do that Yeah, quite I mean, the, the big problem that we face is that the students give these scores meaning that they don't actually well, have. they give it meaning because the school gives it meaning. And the parents give it meaning. And well, the, the parents university give it meaning because the school gives it meaning. And the applications for universities give, give it meaning. meaning. Yeah. Okay. And then we have this problem that I, I go and do my TOEIC and get a number. Oh, yes, but then you go and do your TOEIC and you get your number, but you've done the TOEIC three times before and you know how the TOEIC works. Yeah, but I still don't get uh, uh, 100%. a 990. No, I don't, because I, I can't concentrate that long and I fall, fall asleep. And um, I mean, but that number is important because if that number falls below 700, I can't get yeah, my another salary. Pat on the back. I think part of it is the... Do you know the test? Well, part of it also is... Take an IELTS interview. If you don't understand the, interview, the yeah, format in of the interview... But equally, if you, if you don't know the language, you're not going to do very well. Sure, but uh, you can be great at the language and still not... You can be perfect at the language and they say, talk to your partner about his moist cake. <laughs> and you go, you go, huh? huh? I don't get what's going on here. And yeah. so you turn to the person and say... Yes, I am a big fan of cakes. Um, myself, personally, I wish I knew how to cook, but yada yada, and you give this great soliloquy on cakes and their role in your social strata, but you get a zero on your conversational management. Because you didn't ask questions and engage the other person yeah. in, in response, yeah. Yeah, okay, so there you go. That's test. No, that's like... A tiny drop in the bucket of all the things that are bad about tests and possible things that could not be so bad. Yeah. Good luck with tests, guys. Yeah. Um, if this was a test, I think we failed. Table Waffle is proudly brought to you by the non-stop wafflers, Troy and Steve. For any questions, comments, complaints or queries, you can email tafelwaffle at gmail.com or visit www.tafelwaffle.com.